Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, but your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wygen. <laughs> Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. Thank you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is great to be back on air with you once again. Thank you so much for taking the time to download and listen to this show. I really, really do appreciate each and every one of you. And don't think for one second that I don't. <laughs> don't think for one second. I'm doing this show because I love <laughs> I, I love the fact that you appreciate this show and you know I mean I, and I doing this show because I love the team I love the pot, the chance to get behind the microphone to talk about this team but games like today I'm telling you you know it, it just makes you wonder sometimes it's just like boy uh 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 and I'll get to that later, but it does make you wonder sometimes, like, man, is it all worth it, right? Yeah, eventually it will be worth it again once the team is playing better, and yeah, um, but that's part of being a true fan, but that's also part of being in the media. You can't just, not that I'm in the full-blown media, I'm in the alternative media, which is actually a better place to be if you if you, if you view the world the way I do, not like the alternative media, we'll leave, you can read that between the lines. Um, no, um, but games like today, yeah, I mean, it's just, this is where, <laughs> this is where you make your quote-unquote money, or this is where you, you earn your stripes, games like today. Games like the Packer game, now 10 days ago, which seems like longer, but then again, it seemed like we just kind of relived the same thing again, just, uh, at least the defense is better, <laughs> yeah. We allowed 17 points, and I predicted the Vikings would give up 17 points today. See, I'm a smart guy. See? I'm a smart guy. It's a very smart guy. Unfortunately, I had the Vikings scoring 24, and, well, they wound up with the... <coughs> count it. One, two, three. Yeah, three. I, uh, there, there is no four or, or anything. There's three. So there you go. Um, there, there you have it. Seventeen to three. Game review over. Okay, <laughs> I would have liked to do that. I, I would so much like to do that actually, but I wouldn't be the host of Pearl Mafia if I didn't have some type of game review for you today. <laughs> yeah, because there's always something to talk about, isn't there? I mean, this is the Vikings. There's always going to be something to talk about. In fact, if I wanted to get to everything Viking related that's out there, this would be a three-hour show on a weekly basis. But you notice it's not. Think of how much stuff I leave out on a weekly basis. Not just the play on the field, but the flipping nonsense off the field. 
And oftentimes I do tend to cut out the nonsense off the field. Because I'd rather stick to the game. Um, the off, the nonsense off the field. I just, you know. Dare I even get into it? Do you really want to talk about it? Because I, I pretty much don't. Pretty much don't. And you know what? The local media likes to drown you in it every day. Every single day, whether you listen to Dan Barrero, Chad Hartman, Judd and Dubay, or Paul Allen. Uh, it's just the same old story. But then again, I have Paul Allen... <laughs> his reasoning is probably different than mine. His is like, well, I don't want to get into any negative stuff, you know, on my show. I don't want to get into that negative stuff. I'm duckies and bunnies. Whereas the other shows, they like to slam it on your on your throat nonstop. See, me, I am a, I am a tell-it-like-it-is type. But at the same time, it's like you don't want to just ramble on the same story that everybody else is talking about all the time because it does get boring to the listener, I would think. And if it doesn't, well, more power to you. But I suppose the Vikings topic, the actual game itself, that might get boring too, watching this. And that's where the difficulty of covering a game like this is. The joys of covering a 2009 season. The intrigue of covering a 2012 season. At least part of it. Not all of it. The depression of covering the 2011 season. 3 and 13? Are you kidding me? The oddity of covering the 2013 season. I mean, that was just odd. That was the strangest football season ever. But the strangeness never does end in the National Football League. It never has. Been watching football since 1992, and I'm still pissed off that I haven't been watching it since, like, 85, because I probably could have, but, damn it, I didn't. <sighs> okay. Enough. I'm just rambling on like, an, like, like, a, like a whatever. I'm not even going to say any word, because I don't want to annoy anybody right now. Let's just talk about the game. The opening drive... Typical for Vikings' opponent this year. The opening drive, they scored, right? They scored easy as pie. Just went right through it like warm butter. It's not to say the Vikings' defense was bad today, but it seems like on the opening drive, almost every week, doesn't it? Almost every week? That um, they tend to score a touchdown just right off the gate. Right, right out of the gate. There it is. Touchdown, Detroit. Well, rock and roll. That's great. Just, Just great. The Urban Legend. Are you guys ready for an Urban Legend to come back? I might as well do it right now. (laughs) Right here on the fly, even though I like to make it a little more organized than that. But hey, might as well do it right here and now because, uh, well, what does this say? If you look at the the scoring summary for this game, you you know the scoring summary. You know that part where, you know, teams actually put points on the board by passing the ball to a receiver of some type. Maybe it's a wide receiver. Maybe it's a running back or a or a tight end, or gosh, maybe even a fullback sometimes, or in a trick play, maybe the receiver throws it to a quarterback, but but a touchdown pass. That's an urban legend here in Minnesota right now. I don't know what a touchdown pass is, guys. I I just don't know, guys and gals, pardon me. <clears throat> I don't know what a touchdown pass is, because we haven't thrown one since, uh, we still haven't thrown one since week one, and well, gosh, this is, uh, what is this, week six? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's week six, and we've got um, even thrown a touchdown pass since the first freaking week of the year against the St. Louis Rams. Really? Um, you know, people were talking about the fall colors changing kind of early this year, at least well, for a little while. Now it seems to have slowed down a bit. But there was zero fall colors the last time. <laughs> Unless you count the uh, yellow flags all over the field all the time uh, as as uh, leaves on the floor or fall colors, whatever. 
But uh, there were no fall colors in week one. That's early September. That's how long it's been. Think about that. That's a lot. It's a long time. The guy that threw it's been uh, on the sideline, or you know, been inactive for for weeks now with a multiple breaks in his foot. That being Matt Castle. Really, it's been that long. It's been. Do you realize it's been five weeks since the Vikings have thrown a touchdown pass? What the hell? I mean, even a random like trick play, you'd you'd think. But no, not even that. Who? What? Well, what do you think? Christian Ponder's going to throw a touchdown pass against against a. Uh, Mediocre to poorest pass defense? Nah, Christian Ponder's not going to do that. Sure, he'll run it in, but he's not going to throw. He's not going to throw one. But even Bridgewater still immune to throwing a touchdown pass. And unfortunately, it looked like he well, it looked like he was going to get one real early and tie this game up. But uh, there was interception number one of his career. That didn't take long, unfortunately. And I'm not down on Bridgewater necessarily, but that was disappointing to see that just a little bit. Three uh, three interceptions for Bridgewater today, but uh, that's the thing. That first interception right there was an earned interception. That was a legitimately like errant pass. But the next two tips just tipped up in the air. A billion tip passes today, one way or another, be it by a Vikings receiver or the Detroit Lions defensive line. Just an unbelievable amount of frustration today. You think Teddy Bridgewater is going to get things going? Going to inject some life in this offense. But what was the one thing I did talk about that would be a extreme danger coming into this game? Sure, I was wrong about the Vikings scoring three points and winning the game. You know, scoring 24 points. They went up with only three and winning the game. You know, I thought they are going to win the game 24-17. But notice Detroit scored 17. Vikings defense was better, so I was dead on about that. But I also did warn that... My biggest fear of this game was the Detroit Lions defensive line. What won the game today? The Detroit Lions defensive line. What lost the game today? In a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. The Vikings offensive line. A poorest offensive line. A quarterback that just, just right away, I mean his first career start hurt his ankle. There's going to be some, (laughs) there's going to be a little bit of, timidness out of a quarterback like that, if that's a word. I don't even know if it is a word, but whatever, right? <laughs> He's going to be a little teeny bit timid, you got to think. Maybe a little bit scared. We don't want to use, we don't want to say ponder like because uh, he's not that bad. Hell no, not even at his worst. But uh, if anybody's going to fluster Teddy Bridgewater coming back from an ankle injury and with a lousy offensive line that we have, oh, it's the Detroit Lions defensive line, and they uh, really took it to the Vikings today. The game is one in the trenches. Just think about it. I mean, how is the game not one in the trenches? Did the Vikings defensive line pressure Matthew Stafford? Not much. A little bit here and there, and that's when it looked like the Vikings had a chance to get somewhere in this game. They had a chance to, well, you know, shut down the Lions and then get the ball back and all that good stuff. But then, funny, the Detroit Lions defensive line was all over Bridgewater, not only sacking him eight bleeping times today, but knocking the ball away all the time, rushing him into bad passes or having to throw the ball away to avoid an interception or a sack. I mean, the Lions could have had like 15 sacks today. Seriously, 15 at least. They could have. That's how poor the offensive line was today. In a lot of ways, that's the top story of the 
of this week. The, the Vikings offensive line doesn't exist. And yes, Fusco is out. Yes, he is out for the year, and that sucked. But you still have Matt Khalil, you still have John Sullivan, you still have Phil Oldholt. Those are the three main guys, I thought. I thought. I'm, I, I, <laughs> okay. Okay, I mean, I don't want to necessarily be pile on, pile on them to a point, but then again, maybe you have to, because literally there were points in this game where Teddy Bridgewater had a second. There was no chance. He hiked the ball, and one second later, they're wrapping him up. You're not going to win a football game that way. It's, it's, it's impossible. Physically impossible, literally impossible. Any, it, it's just not going to happen. The game is won in the trenches. I don't care if it's two, if it's 1914 or 2014. The game's won in the trenches, folks. The game is won in the trenches. The New York Giants won the Super Bowl that way, and Purple People leaders went to four Super Bowls that way. Great offensive line, great defensive line. Hey, man. <laughs> you ain't going to no Super Bowl with this type of offensive line. Hell no. <laughs> Dan Marino with his immobile ass, do you think that he would have had some success with this team? No. He would have gotten sacked like a million times. Nobody would. Nobody's going to have success with this type of offensive line. They're underachieving, though. I mean, there is talent on the line. That's the weirdest part about this. And um, What more can you say? Light a fire under their ass? What What is it going to take? Is it going to take lighting a fire under their ass? Or is it going to take, <laughs> I don't know, cutting players, finding them, what, whatever it is. I mean, we're going to talk about that with uh, Coach Zimmer later on. There's a there's a nice article with a lot of interesting quotes after the game from Mike Zimmer. Very, very terse comments and very understandable. But let's move on. Let's move Let's get off the offensive line for the time being and uh, credit the Detroit Lions defensive line for being unbelievable. I mean, they they are unbelievable. This this team, you you know what's different about the Detroit Lions? See, it's like you knew their defense was good. <laughs> Since we might as well talk about them right now, the defense in general of Detroit. Their offense, I don't know what to make of that, but eh, it could be unbelievable if everyone's healthy and on the same page, but eh, whatever. We're not even going to talk about them today because there's just no Reggie Bush, no uh, Megatron there. There's, there's your information there. But... Uh, the Detroit Lions defense. What was the problem with them in the past with Jim Schwartz versus Jim Cald- uh, Caldwell? Caldwell. <laughs> Jim Caldwell. I'm trying to talk in a New York accent here or something. Uh, like a bajillion penalties. Very, very poor discipline. Gosh, uh, Detroit Lions having discipline? Damn. that's That could be kind of dangerous. And yeah, I mean, the Detroit Lions just beat the Vikings at home. They almost never do that, by the way. I mean, almost never. They've, they've done it like three times in the last 15 years, and this was the third of those three. <laughs> like 97, uh, like two years ago when they were pretty good, and here and then now. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. This, this Detroit team has a chance to be pretty damn good. Um... They're playing disciplined. They're playing. They're, they're well, yeah. They're playing disciplined. They're playing within the game plan. And goodness gracious, they're they're just damn good. They're playing up to their potential. That's like the big point of all. 
they're playing up to their potential now. They're not out there going crazy and penalizing themselves, shooting themselves in the foot after a great play. They're just making the great play, and that's it. And, uh, well, bring out the punting team. <laughs> Yay. Oh, goody. Rock and roll, I guess. The Vikings defense does look dramatically improved, though. That's the good part. Obviously, yes, keeping the Detroit Lions to 17 points. Not the toughest task in the world, again, without Megatron and such, but still, they kept the Vikings in the game the whole way. The whole way. In fact, the only reason the Vikings gave up their the 17th point, you know, because it was 10 nothing for the longest time, was because the defense flat got tired because Teddy Bridgewater... Norv Turner and all the and the greatest offense ever, the kick-ass offense, wasn't doing anything against the Detroit Lions defense. It was three and out, like, time and time again, so the Vikings defense had to, after working their ass off stopping the Lions, had to go out there and do it again. And do it again, and do it again. And they finally just ran out of gas in that, in that one, and they gave up the, the second touchdown of the game and to make it 17-0 early in the fourth. And that's pretty much the story there. Vikings defense does look significantly better, though. That's the good news. Anthony Barr, excellent throughout the game. Everson Griffin, all over the place. Of course, they're going to throw to Robert Blanton. He, you know, he he got a lot of tackles because the ball was thrown his direction. Um, that's about it there. But uh, the Vikings did get some pass rush, and Tom Johnson, the guy who was in jail or not, yeah, not in jail, but like had to pay bail, whatever, got another sack. That's kind of cool. Everson Griffin with a sack. Brinkley with a sack. Linval Joseph and Brian Robinson sharing one at one point as well, stopping the Lions, forcing them into fourth down at one point there. But um, a guy that I'm impressed with is Josh Robinson, and they're not throwing him the ball that much anymore, and he's stopping. <laughs> he's, he's making big stops. He's not giving any space between himself and the receiver. I'm happy with Josh Robinson. Wow, I can't believe I'm saying that. He actually looks pretty good, so... The good news is, yeah, the Vikings defense looks does look good again. They're not getting waxed by the Packers. So Mike Zimmer did get that addressed. That's the good news. The bad news is the offensive line is not giving Teddy Bridgewater a chance in hell. It didn't really help Ponder either. And, yeah, in fact, we have a either a slow, big running back in Matt Asiata or a very raw, <laughs> quick running back in Jarek McKinnon. Who does look decent, at least. And let's say it now. Adrian Peterson's never coming back, guys. So we can only hope McKinnon is up to the challenge of being the guy. And he started today for the first time, as I just said. Uh, about 80 total yards. About 40 rushing and 40 receiving. So that's good. He he dropped some passes, though, that I uh, really wish he would catch. <laughs> that's, that's the only frustration. He drops some easy ones sometimes. And it drives me nuts. But, hmm, so be it. So be it. Uh, the life of a young, the, the the life of a young running back, I suppose. Uh, we'll see, but uh, it's going to be Jerick McKinnon's job to lose, I suppose, at this point. Notice, Matt Asiata only ran the ball twice today. McKinnon eleven times, so three point six to carry. Nothing amazing, but again, about as good of a defensive line as you'll ever see. Well, in this season, anyway. So, there you go. Shall I put the wraps on this one? Dare I? Well, I gotta get to one point first before I do. I'd like to put the wraps on it, but let's look at some of uh, what Zimmer had to say. 
He says, I expected better today. I thought we practiced well all week. Disappointing. We didn't protect we didn't protect the quarterback. We didn't block guys. And until we figure out that this game is about blocking and tackling and catching the ball, uh doing your job, then we're going to have more results like this. But we're going to keep grinding them, pounding. Anyways, it's disappointing. Yeah, that's a lot of uh, issues right there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, guys that weren't catching the ball pretty much all day today. There were a lot of drops. If we look at Teddy Bridgewater's stat line, he still managed to complete 62% of his passes, though, of course, a lot of them are pretty short, to say the least. Sacked eight times, just under 200 yards, and three interceptions. Uh, quarterback rating of about 41. Ouch. Gotta think he can do better than that. But I don't know if it's going to get any easier going against the Bills. Very similar team, actually, to Detroit with a strong defensive line. Oh, goody. Here's a very interesting point, though, before we end the game review. We we have to talk about this a little bit. I'm not going to get into it too much, but let's get there a little bit. Uh, Zimmer said he finds players any times they're late to a meeting, practice, or treatment, and he added he hadn't had to levy many fines before this week, but... The point was, he uh, he had to find several players this week for being late to meetings. No names were mentioned or anything, but boy, he had to find several players for being late this week to the meetings. That's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. Time to get serious, guys. Just a little bit. Oh boy, here we go. Uh, he says, "I'm not going to let them slide." I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep pounding my head. And like I told them, the fines are going to start going to the max now. I'm tired of it. Ouch. Yeah. It's getting worse. It really is. It's like, here we go. Players are just slacking off. I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Khalil was one of them. I really wouldn't. Because a lot of people have been saying, basically, that Matt Khalil is just too laid back. Oh, boy. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if he was one of them. In fact, I'm just about... Bet the house on that one. Watch me be wrong there and lose the house. <laughs> but uh, for the sake of my sanity and probably yours listening to me talk about this, as, as fun as it is to talk about it, yeah, right. Um, let's let's just end this game review here and now and move on <laughs> to talk about the Buffalo Bills and, of course, before that, the NFC North Roundup. Hey, crisp, cool days and fall colors are upon us. Nothing tastes better this time of year than Zombie Monkey by Tallgrass Beer from Manhattan, Kansas. Zombie Monkey is a robust porter with a lot of amazing flavors that you will love. Don't forget to try 8-Bit Pale Ale, which is the official beer of this podcast. When you see Pac-Man licking his chops, you found an amazing can and an even better beer. Check out the many other wonderful beers Tallgrass offers on their website at www.tallgrassbeer.com. Use their beer locator to see what's available in your area. You can follow Tallgrass on Twitter, at TallgrassMN, and like them on Facebook. Just simply search for Tallgrass Minnesota. Tallgrass Beer, bringing people together over a beer since 2007. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Purple Mafia on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. 
And we are back here on Purple Mafia. Time for a little NFC North Roundup. And, of course, previewing the Buffalo Bills game next week in Buffalo, New York. The home of, well, <laughs> the home of Buffalo Wings. The Buffalo Sauce. Yes, sir. Hot Buffalo Wing Sauce. So, yeah, there it is. Oh, goody. That's about all that's good about Buffalo right now, isn't it? Okay, they're playing decently, though they didn't win today. No, they didn't. We're going to talk about that later. Their game against the New England Patriots. That will wrap up this segment, segment number two, of course. Let's look at the NFC North standings. Yeah, because uh, I might as well look at it. Because guess what? All three teams play, or all four teams played today. Three of them won, and one of them didn't. Can you guys guess which one is the one team that didn't win? Of course, it's 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 us because the Detroit Lions played us as one of the winners. They are rocking first place right now, four and two, four and two because they have the tiebreaker over the Green Bay Packers in a head-to-head matchup earlier this season. Green Bay Packers four and two. With a win over the Miami Dolphins, a last-minute drive over the Dolphins. And the Chicago Bears, 3-3 three and three with a solid win today over the Atlanta Falcons, a similar opponent for the for the Vikings just two weeks ago, and Teddy Bridgewater's best friends over there. Atlanta, Georgia, you know, coming here and playing some bad defense, giving him a little confidence boost to get his uh, career started. Unfortunately, not so much of that uh, to, to uh, make him feel better today. No, that's not so much. Not so much of that. So let's get let's talk about the Chicago Bears game first. Chicago Bears in Atlanta, Georgia, with a twenty three seventeen win. Oh goody, yeah. Oh goody. Jay Cutler. Well, I guess he was Doctor Jekyll today. Not not not, not Mister Hyde. That's about all he is. Doctor Cutler and Mister Hyde. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Uh, almost four hundred yards passing. Completion percentage just under seventy. Quarterback rating almost a hundred and ten. Can't beat it. Can't beat it when you get a performance like that from Jay Cutler. Oh, but that's right. The Atlanta Falcons uh, The Atlanta Falcons defense is not really good. At all. At all. And it doesn't help when Matt Ryan has a, uh, you know, <laughs> mediocre to below average performance. Passed for just over 50%. You know, only 19 to 37 interception and touchdown and a mediocre quarterback rating of 73.1. A Matt Castle-like performance by Matt Ryan. Oh, goody. That ain't going to get the job done. Now when you have a defense that gives up as many points, as many yards, and as good of a quarterback rating as Jay Cutler's. (laughs) At least today. Yeah. Oh, boy. If you want to make your quarterback play better and look good, well, hopefully you're playing the Atlanta Falcons because that'll get the job done. That's what the doctor ordered. Some nice little uh, southern hospitality by the Atlanta Falcons. It's going to get it done going to get it done and it did for the Bears today so what do you make of this game um, Atlanta's defense sucks and Chicago took advantage of it that, that about wraps it up I mean yeah just like uh, Matt Asiata scoring three touchdowns against that team on the ground Matt Forte two touchdowns on the ground sound familiar it's just like basically the only difference is Teddy Bridge well actually he did throw for a bajillion yards didn't he <laughs> Jay Cutler through for just under 400, 381 yards overall. Um, I should mention one very important stat, though, for the, from the Detroit Lions game. I had it in front of me, and I still didn't say it, and that's on me, and I do apologize. The Detroit Lions were one of 13 on third down conversions today. That's The Vikings' defense was fantastic in those third down conversions, and when you see a team with a third down conversion ratio in that department, that poor, one for 13, you 
probably should win that game, shouldn't you? It just tells you just how poorly the Vikings offense was today. Just how poorly they played, pardon me. Atlanta only 4 of 13 against a up-and-down Bears defense on a third down efficiency. And they failed on both fourth down attempts. Uh, Chicago nearly half, 7 of 15 on their third down. Certainly much better than Atlanta. (coughs) What more is there to say? I mean, I basically said what I needed to say. Chicago took advantage of a team that's just not playing good right now. Plain and simple. Uh, right when a lot of us early, early, I mean early on, a lot of us thought, "Boy, the Falcons are back." I mean, this is the team that what did they win? Like thirteen games just a couple of years ago, thirteen, fourteen games, and just barely. I mean, an offensive or excuse me, defensive pass interference penalty away from the Super Bowl and possibly a victory over Baltimore. Though they probably would not have won that game. Just saying, um, they were they were one play, one play away from a Super Bowl. Look at them. Even though they're healthy, they still aren't good. Time to change the coach. That might be one thing. Is a lot of people don't think uh, Coach Smith there in Atlanta is really up to the up to the challenge. I, uh, Mike Smith, that is. I I'm not really a fan either. And that defense really sucks. They need to uh, they really need to address that defense in the worst way. The offense has a lot of obviously a, an amazing amount of talent, but. They're not getting it done. And obviously the ground game, you have a running back that's ancient in Steven Jackson. I don't care how many yards he's run for in his career. I'm somebody that loves history, respects the crud out of history, and cannot stand when the younger generation blows off the past like it never happened, and all that counts is them. But the day-to-day game of the National Football League is about the here and now when it comes to players on the field. And Steven Jackson ain't going to get it done. For the Atlanta Falcons. He ain't going to get it done. Just saying. Just saying. I'm sure you kind of figured that already. So I'm not lecturing nobody. That's for sure. I'm sure you kind of figured that out on your own already. And if you didn't, ah, that's okay. That's okay. I'm not not mad at you. (laughs) I'm not mad at you. Uh, Atlanta, obviously, yeah, let's just get out of there. Chicago, back to 3-3. and Confidence boost. We'll see what they do now. One of the most inconsistent teams in all of football. But still an entertaining team to, to watch, and at the very least. Oh, Green Bay and Miami. Damn it. <laughs> uh, uh. You know what's interesting? All three of the teams that won in the NFC North today won on the road. Doesn't that figure? And the one team that was playing at home today lost. And who was that? You know who it was. You do. Um, and it sucks. Uh, Miami Dolphins, another team that started pretty strong. Now they're 2-3. and three. What the hell? And they were uh, they were playing fairly well in this game. I kind of like the Dolphins actually. I kind of sort of always have had a just I've always had a little place in my my football heart for the Miami Dolphins. But man, they haven't been good for a long time, have they? And it's just like they're just starting to finally show signs of getting a little better. Yeah, but now they're back to two and three. Green Bay Packers getting the job done again. And it didn't have to be too pretty. But then again, I guess, suppose Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> even though his completion numbers weren't that high, he did throw 42 passes and managed to get three touchdowns and a quarterback rating just under 100. Strong performance, no turnovers by Aaron Rodgers today, and very clutch down the stretch. The frustrating part in this one, the Dolphins had him beat. They sure did, 24-17. They had a 24-17 lead with uh, nine minutes left. Obviously, that's an unbelievable amount of time. Yeah, obviously it's an unbelievable amount of time. 
they were able to stop the Packers with four minutes left to keep them keep them down to a field. They only were able to get a field goal out of it. They kept a four point lead and they could do just couldn't do anything with the ball. And next thing you know, Aaron giving Aaron Rodgers the ball. Sure, you have to score a touchdown to win the game. The field goal isn't going to do you anything. You still lose the game, obviously. That's kindergarten math. But, unfortunately, giving Aaron Rodgers a chance to drive on you, regardless if it's on the road or at home, well, your chances of winning the game, not not, not the best. You can hate Aaron Rodgers all you want, but unfortunately for us and for everyone else that hates the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers is a very good player. And uh, he's pretty clutch, too. And the Packers got the job done, and that's it. Totally sucks. Only three seconds left in the game. Officially, was able to nail Andrew Quarles, a name that a name that we got a, a well acquainted with about ten days ago. Yeah, we were well acquainted with that name. Very very happy to know him now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We got more acquainted with him, and of course the Dolphins were unfortunately. The Dolphins turned the ball over three times. The Packers turned the ball over zero times. That's another thing that's going to be a massive problem at the end of the day. I mean, you win the turnover battle, your chances are pretty good. You win the game in the trenches and the turnover battle, you're probably going to win the game. And the Packers did that today for the most part. Yep, especially the turnovers. Two interceptions by Tannehill, including a fairly key one late. Yeah. Um, It's just not going to get the job done. A fumble by the... uh, Miami running back Lamar Miller as well didn't help. And there you go. The frustration continues for Viking fans and for Dolphin fans alike. I have my uh, I had Miami with that sixth seed in the uh, in the AFC. It's not looking quite as good as it was, but uh, it's going to be a long season. So let's start talking about the Buffalo Bills. That's what I'm really here for. This always ends up being the longest segment of the show, but then again, it's probably. For me, it's probably the most fun, <laughs> except when the Vikings actually win the game. And like the Atlanta game, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun just two weeks ago. That was it. That was the most enjoyable game review I've probably done since um, uh, Minnesota beating the Green Bay Packers in the season finale in 2012. That was the most enjoyable game review I've done since then, without a doubt, because Ponder actually looked good. Even though I still didn't think he's a starter of the future, but at least he was good enough. And Vikings were going to the playoffs with a defense that was playing well and a running back that was just nine yards away from a record-setting season. And we all know what happened after that just frustration. But um, let's just continue here. I'm getting way off track, and I tend to do that way too much. Buffalo Bills, oh goody, the four-time. AFC champion Buffalo Bills. Oh, yeah. Four straight Super Bowls and lost them all. The only team in the NFL that's just like the Vikings with four conference championships and zero Super Bowls. Denver no longer in that category after they beat the Packers way back in 2007. And who, or excuse me, 97. <laughs> yeah, that's how old I am, 97. So, yeah, but who cares about that? Buffalo is 3-3 three and three after losing to the New England Patriots. The fairly surprising Buffalo Bills. Losing today, 37-22. That's a lot of points to give up at home. I guess they, against the, who the hell are they, New England Patriots? What the, I mean, what an, talk, talk about an inconsistent team. But you question Tom Brady <laughs> after a horrible performance about two weeks ago? 
See, notice how things changed so quickly. Bridgewater so fun, so good two weeks ago, and then he had a just a lousy game today. Not all his fault, obviously. I don't need to get back into that negativity again. But uh, Brady, everybody like Brady's done. Brady's washed up. Oh, it's time. It's it's over. Brady's done. Can't play. So what does he do? He throws four touchdown passes against a extremely, uh, you know, extremely good defense for the most part in Buffalo. They get the job done for the most part. A very similar team to the Detroit Lions, quite frankly, at least on the defensive side of the ball with Mario Williams leading the way. 37 points, man. That's nuts. That's nuts. Not quite an indicator of what I'm expecting the Vikings to do next week. <laughs> That's the thing. This game is not going to help me gauge my fears <laughs> going into this game next week. Not in any way. Um, Tom Brady was only sacked twice. See what happens when an offensive line protects the quarterback? See what happens? He was only sacked twice. That Buffalo defensive line? Ah, eh, Tom Brady's going to get it done. Plus, well, uh, a guy that's as experienced as it gets and has won three Super Bowls and was like the best quarterback in football pretty much since he started playing, just about. At least a top three guy at minimum. Yeah, that helps too. Teddy Bridgewater. Oh boy. Whew, it was a deer in the headlights today. And when you have an offensive line plays poorly, it, it's going to happen again, barring some type of massive improvement. Some type of massive improved play. I mean, see what difference it makes. You have a good offensive line, then obviously the quarterback's quick decision-making skills, like Tom Brady. Look look what happens. You can even wall up a very good defense. It can happen. It can. But unfortunately, I don't think it's going to. I don't think so. Uh, Brady, by the way, 23-2 and two against the Bills. That's insane. A crazy good record. But, of course, you got to have to factor in how bad the Buffalo Bills were. <laughs> for the longest time before this year. But, yeah, I mean, there's no way I can use this game right here to gauge what to expect going against the Vikings. Obviously, Buffalo's going to want to get their act together. They're going to want to play better. And they have a guy out there who's not pretty, but he wins football games, and that's Kyle Orton. He managed to throw for just for 299 yards today. Two touchdowns, one interception. Solid game by Kyle Orton. And that's probably all the Buffalo Bills will need, ultimately, to win is a quarterback that's solid. Hopefully hopefully he does throw an interception or two. That's the chance the Vikings have. But Kyle Orton, generally a pretty smart guy. I'm actually kind of surprised he's been throwing interceptions the past couple of weeks here. Because we've seen the Buffalo Bills show up the past few weeks. And they did beat the Detroit Lions 17-14 just two weeks ago. So... Makes you wonder, or no, not two weeks ago, last week. They beat the Lions 17-14 just last week in Buffalo. No, in Detroit. That was really a bad loss for the for the Lions at home against Buffalo. So that's probably another reason they were playing very, very uh, intently today against the Vikings. They were on a mission today in a big way. I got to think Buffalo's going to be on a mission next week. That sucks, doesn't it? I mean, after getting pummeled by New England, you got to think they're going to be playing a little better. You also got to think the Vikings offense will be a bit better. I would hope that players' mindset will be improved after getting fined this past week. Beyond belief. Several players getting fined. 
You gotta hope that's gonna change, and if it doesn't, we're gonna have a huge rift between players and coach. That's not a good sign for anything. That could be three and thirteen. Here we come. But let's go get that draft pick, right? No, I'm starting to sound like Marcus. <laughs> I'm starting to sound like Marcus, the forecaster there of Timberwolves explosion. Do check that out. <laughs> it's always looking for high draft picks. That <laughs> son of a gun. Um, but Buffalo's defensive line, yeah, I have almost no faith right now. Almost no faith. It's a killer combination, and it's like I'm basically just sitting here trying to avoid talking about it because it's just like, here we go again. And I know you're just going to be annoyed with me talking about it, but I can't help it. I, I have to tell you what I see here. A good defensive line and a good defense in general against that offensive line? Do I think that, and on the road and all that good stuff, do I think the Vikings are going to win in that situation? No. It's, this is going to be another one of those games. It's going to be quite similar to, the, to today, I think. It's going to be something like 17-10. <laughs> Will Teddy Bridgewater finally throw his first touchdown pass? Will he? I, I hope so. I'm going to go on a limb and say, yes, Teddy Bridgewater will throw his first touchdown pass, but that's going to be it. One. He's going to throw for one touchdown pass and one field goal will be uh, kicked by Mr. Uh, yeah, Mr. Uh, that's about it. It's like you're almost forgetting who they are. Blair Walsh. Almost forgetting who they are because you don't even see them out there anymore with no offense. Okay, I'm being a little too harsh. Um, but, yeah, the Vikings will score 10 points on offense. Then the key comes right here. If the Vikings are going to win the game, they're going to have to force a turnover, which would lead to more points. That's the key. The defense is going to have to score something for the Vikings to win in Buffalo, New York. In my humble opinion. I think the Bills score 17. 17 points. It's going to be almost the same thing against Detroit. There is so similar. They're, they're so similar here, quite quite frankly. I mean, Orton's obviously not as explosive as whatever his name is, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's about it when it comes to Detroit. I mean, it's like you almost don't even remember him anymore. It's just like... It's just like, what do you do? Um, Orton protects the ball better than Matthew Stafford. I'm like totally blanking, but yeah, Matthew Stafford. <laughs> That's kind of what type of game today was. It's just, I just wanted to forget it. And, you know, he was such a non-factor today. I mean, shoot. And he had nobody to, th- he didn't have much to throw to except for Golden Tate. It's going to be similar. It's going to be a similar situation. The key for the Vice to win the game is to force some type of turnover and hopefully pressure Kyle Orton into something. Um, New England sacked Kyle Orton five times. That didn't help their chances too too much, even though Orton was above average today, quite frankly. The fumble hurt him, though, because not only did he throw an interception, he lost a fumble. The Vikings pull that off? They force Orton into a fumble and an interception? I, yeah, I, I think they could win the game. Because the Buffalo Bills aren't going to score a whole lot of points. They have, a, they have a running back who's mediocre at best, Fred Jackson. Eh, he's had his moments, but he's not going to make anyone forget about uh, O.J. Simpson. <clears throat> they don't have much going on at wide receiver, though Scott Chandler, that I, dare I say, did get a, the century mark today. Robert Woods had a big game as well. 70 yards and a touchdown. So they have some guys who can obviously can get the job done to a point. But overall, I mean, yeah, but Scott Chandler's a tight end. But o- o- overall, I mean, 
Buffalo Bills offense isn't going to scare anybody. It's just the fact that their defense is probably going to break through this crappy offensive line until they until this crappy offensive line proves otherwise. Until they prove otherwise, I don't have much faith that they're going to play well against this type of defense. So, 17 to 10, Buffalo. That's the key though. Get get some type of turnover. <laughs> And actually maybe protect the quarterback a little bit. That would help. Just a little. I mean, only two sacks allowed by uh, by uh, by the New England Patriots offensive line. Only two. Though one of them was Mario. <laughs> yeah, it was Mario Williams. Surprise, surprise. Watch out for him. He's going to have a field day against this offensive line. Unless something something changes. Big time. Big time. That's the key. Alright, so with that, we are going to wrap up this segment and we are going to hop into the fan interaction. No calls today. No calls today, and that's fine. I'm sure nobody wants to talk about it anyway. Hopefully we'll have more positive things to talk about next week. We shall see. Be back right after this. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Contact us and support Purple Mafia by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. Fan interaction segment. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show for Facebook and at Twitter or at Purple Mafia Show on Twitter. Rock and roll. So obviously Facebook and Twitter for the fan interaction. There were no calls this week and totally understand why not because it's just why talk about the game anyway, right? <laughs> just just leave it to me, right? Just let me let me uh, uh, bend the arrows and all that good stuff that are slung this way. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, Vince Germano, we're going to open up with him. Vince Germano of uh, Courtside Podcast fame, yes sir, and of the Showtime and Teewolves show, which I do with him, but he does the Courtside with Hank McCoy, great Australians, very cool guys, and shows the Purple Mafia, I mean, this is a, it, it's a worldwide podcast, there are people all over the world that listen to Purple Mafia, not just people from the United States of America, so very, very cool, it just shows the power of, well, doing a podcast and of iTunes, it's, it's just crazy, who'd have thunk it, right? So let's get to what Vince had to say. Did I mention how the Browns are better than the Vikings? Well, they are right now, aren't they? I mean, they <laughs> they look really good. They look really good. And I also enjoy the fact that they went without Johnny Manziel. They did it with Brian Hoyer. I'm a big fan of Brian Hoyer, and I felt so bad for him when he did go down to the ACL last season. Unfortunately, though, the uh, Cleveland Browns center, Mack, down with a broken ankle, broken leg, I believe, broken ankle, uh, today, so that can't help. 
hope for the best there with the uh, well, who who will be the backup center in Cleveland? Uh, you you want to see that team do well? You know, I mean, they've struggled so much for so long since they came back as an expansion team. I'd like to see them, you know, come out of that, come out of the doldrums and be a competitive football team again. Because I I enjoyed the Cleveland Browns back in the the nineties before they moved to Baltimore. They they looked like they had a lot of potential, and well, they sure did, didn't they? Vince simply saying, LOL, go Browns. We move on to Mark Carlson saying, thank you, Joey, for your hard work. I will be listening today. Thank you, Mark, very much indeed. Mark from Iowa saying, thank you, Joey, for giving the Tavares Jackson Memorial to Ponder. And you knew it was coming. It was very, very well deserved in a big way. (laughs) Very well deserved. Even though the offensive line didn't do him any favors, Ponder was definitely worse than uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, God. Oh, definitely worse than Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-mm-mm. Teddy Bridgewater, at least you so you see signs out of him that, uh, well, when he threw the ball, at least uh, <clears throat> there was a chance. And that the ball was, when the ball was batted down so many times by the Detroit Lions defensive line, a lot of those were passes that potentially could have been 20-yard gains. You know, they could have been. And his, his throws are actually spirals, unlike Christian Ponders as well. So, yeah, uh, the offensive line is not doing any quarterback any favorites here in Minnesota, that's for sure. But Ponder, you, there was no chance anyway. Uh, Jeff Froyland saying, hey, Houston Texans need a quarterback. We'll make you a, we'll make you a hell of a deal on Ponder. And it'd be interesting to hear what somebody would offer, if anything. And unfortunately, probably nobody would offer anything. <laughs> uh, so now I move to the next thread. Kelvin Johnson inactive today. No excuses. Yeah, no excuses indeed. Adding Reggie Bush to the inactives as well. But guess what? No. <laughs> Robin Sullivan saying, what the hell? This is getting ridiculous. Definitely a game, you know, and I said, that's definitely a game that needs to be won. And Robin saying, Viking fans be like, Adrian! And that's, of course, uh, Rocky. A picture of Rocky from the movie and all that good stuff. Mark Carlson saying, this is not Viking defense. Who lets Detroit roll seven plays for a touchdown right from the start? Apparently we do, at least on opening drives this season. It's kind of interesting. Though, luckily, things did catch up later on. Todd Grunlian saying, we need to score some points. And I do love that Baltimore Orioles logo for your uh, profile picture. That is who I'm cheering for. And I'm not happy with how things have gone with Kansas City the first two games. Very disappointing, but uh, we'll do our best and keep the faith. Hopefully, Baltimore can survive the ALCS and get to the World Series would be nice. Robin Sullivan simply saying SMH in terms of the Vikings situation. Without a doubt, an offense that just can't score points, apparently. At least not right now. Mm-mm-mm. Gonna dig around in the Vikings uh, versus Lions thread. Celestar Thomas, very busy on here today. Really appreciate that. Like hearing from you, and uh, hope you keep posting. He asks, is Frazier coaching this team? Our penalties are way up this year. Without a doubt, absolutely nuts. And Mark Carlson saying it was a scoreless first half for the Vikings. 100% disappointment. Yeah. Celestar saying, uh, why is Asiata in the game unless it's by the goal line? Absolutely crazy. And you're going to hear a lot about the offensive line here from a lot of people, including Nick Lund, who say, I'm really upset with our offensive line. If Teddy could, could get at least another two comfortable seconds in the pocket, we might be in good shape. Yeah, and that's definitely a star candidate right there. I mean, just two comfortable seconds, you might have a chance. 
Mm-hmm. No offense, Asiata, please, from Silistar Thomas and Jarius Wright's horrible today. Yeah, I mean, it was a rough day, and Jarius Wright wasn't particularly helpful last week either, to be quite honest. Um, he's uh, He's been struggling. Yeah, uh, but really, Wright, really bad today. It was just a pretty rough day in general. Multiple tipped interceptions, very, very bad luck. Silistar Thomas saying Norv Turner is getting out coached because there was no rollout or anything, and didn't look good, no. And like a, a lot of these posts are like worthy of getting read on the air because they're they're kind of more almost like generalized. They're not like like oh this play that play. You know, it's more like in game stuff. But I'm I'm not going to read all of them, of course. Uh, yeah, Celestar saying our biggest problem is the O line by far. Yep, absolutely. Uh, John Melchior saying something that I don't necessarily. <laughs> don't necessarily like this too much, but I'll read it anyway because it's uh, something that probably should be read just for the intrigue of the listener. Uh, someone should beat Adrian with a switch. Ouch. Look at you, man. Look at you. That's probably the last thing we need to hear about right now, isn't it? <laughs> but, well, worthy a worthy post. Maybe he's a listener, maybe not. And if he is, well, thank you for listening. It's quite that simple. Jessica Eiler. From my good old days at Maranatha Christian Academy, and those of you out there, maybe, uh, maybe I'm much older than you, and you, but you happen to come around this show and didn't know I am actually originally from there. Yeah, yeah, I spent my first ten years of school there, kindergarten through ninth grade, 1985 up to 1995. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a while, isn't it? <clears throat> so you can kind of guess how old I am. <laughs> yeah, but Jessica, Jessica Eiler simply saying, I'm glad I missed it. She's from the uh, greater Los Angeles area. She's moved away, but uh, enjoying her life there. More power to you. Brent Jacobson saying, in a normal game, only allowing 17 points would be more than enough to win. This game proved to me three things. Teddy is still a rookie. The O-line needs a swift kick in the arse, or in the ass, and, and Atlanta's defense sucks. And That's definitely, definitely a star candidate along with uh, what Nick Lund had to say. And I, I think I mentioned that. Uh, Nick Lund, a, a fairly new poster. I think he posted the last week or two, but uh, and hopefully he's a listener. Yeah, if Teddy could get a comfortable two seconds. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a, a star candidate right there. Um, Brett McCarthy saying, need to overhaul the offensive line. Can any, can any of them block anyone? Jeez, yeah, pretty much. It's a flat-out joke. Without a doubt, let's move to the post-game thoughts, and then after that, there'll be only one single, uh, <laughs> one single uh, other post. You know, like one that's out of the threads. Robin Sullivan saying, "Sorry, Joey, I've got no words to express my thoughts." And I basically said something right here that, uh, you know, I might as well say it now. Because I was just, <laughs> even though I don't really full-blown feel like this, but at the same time, I, I was in the moment right there. Just the frustration of the nice weather outside and, and just the, what a waste of time today's game was. I mean, I was basically, this is what I said was, I'm going to say this right now. And a lot of you may or may not like what I say here as the host of the show. This game was a waste of my time. It was way too nice outside to even spend a minute watching it. I'm officially pissed off right now that my weekend is gone thanks to this worthless game. And uh, please, out there, don't take that personal. Please don't take that personal. And don't think that I'm literally just going to just walk out and then, oh, by the way, I'll, I'll do a podcast even though I don't care about the team and don't watch the games. 
I watched the whole game, guys. I did. And I was pissed off, you know, losing <laughs> nice weather watching a game like that. Where some people may have the luxury to walk outside and enjoy it. Maybe flip on the earphones. Sometimes when the game is flat out like dead meat. And it's like, I may step outside with the earphones. And I have done that in the past. On occasion. Because there is no major play to be had at that point. When it's like a like a 40 point game with 10 minutes left. Guys are just running the clock out. And you just keep up with what you might need to keep up with. Maybe this or that happens. But it's nothing game changing. Nothing important, to be quite frank. It's just running the clock out for the most part and maybe scoring a garbage time touchdown, running it in like Christian Ponder did. Though I did watch that entire game because it was already night anyway. <laughs> so just saying. Um, don't think I'm going to step away from the podcast and don't think that I don't give a damn because I do and I keep track of the whole game. Trust me, I do. Um, Robin's saying, well said, and then I hear you. It's discouraging. Hang in there, Joey. Because I was saying, yeah, I mean, games and seasons like the last three out of four made me almost want to get away from this. But it's like, no, no, I'll still be here, guys. Don't worry about that. Um, Robin's saying, we as friends appreciate what you do. Thank you. Now go outside and enjoy the weather. And Robin is going to be a star candidate and almost for sure a star winner this this show because of what she had to say and really really appreciate that she continues saying I just hope that at this very moment they are reevaluating their O-line I absolutely love Zimmer he is a great asset to the team but I'm truly sick of hearing they kicked our butts yeah I mean I'm sick of it too and think about it I mean we've we've heard it three times already three times <laughs> New England Patriots 30-7 to 7. um the Saints didn't kick our butts or anything, but uh, they just might end up being uh, that might end up the, the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. They, they are that, and that might end up being a Purple Mafia t-shirt someday. The Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, New Orleans Saints. Yeah, they didn't kick our butts, but they pissed me off. Uh, Green Bay Packers, and of course today. Today's icky game against the Detroit Lions. They kicked our butts, for the most part. It wasn't the worst, most lopsided score ever, but it certainly wasn't a, a great game in any way. Justin Day, big time here, out of Rochester. And welcome to the... Yep, really, really nice to have him posting on here. Some Sometimes he posts, sometimes he doesn't. But, uh, oh, you know, always good things to say. Says, loved Zimmer's post-game reaction that he doesn't sugarcoat it. Can't stand that there are people in the media named Wabi and PA that actually will defend the play of the offensive line when everybody in the world can see it's god-awful. Yeah, I mean, that is... <laughs> that's absolutely a star candidate. Because PA and Wabi, they're like, oh, oh, I mean, Matt Khalil isn't that bad. I mean, they're really, they're truly not as bad as people think, and this offensive line is above average. I mean, if you think they stink, you're, you're not paying attention. Uh, no, the offensive line totally sucks. I mean, go ahead and be duckies and bunnies all you want. We're, we're happy for you. Copyright Dan Verero. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, I mean, you can't be that duckies and bunnies when the offensive line is getting there, getting killed every single week. And, oh, you know, 90 95% of the plays are, are good. Well, you know, 5% is an awful lot of plays given up when you think, when you consider that that 5% is a sack. <laughs> A sack is an extremely bad thing to happen to your offense. Extremely bad. Because a good offensive line gives up two to four sacks in a game. And even four at times can be considered borderline. Four sacks can be considered borderline at times. 
Two sacks? That's fantastic. Zero? Wow, that's elite. And you're not going to get that all the time. In fact, you're not going to get that very often. But if you keep a team that's two sacks, that's pretty damn good. Uh, Vikings gave up eight today, and it could have been 15. And of course, like we're going to say time and time again, they batted down so many passes. (laughs) That Detroit defense, like I said earlier, and I'll say it again, they batted down so many passes that could have been 15 to 20 yard completions in this game. That could have been, it could have made a huge difference. But the offensive line was not there, not getting the job done. And of course, credit Detroit's defensive line for being as good as they were. It's just, it was a terrible combination for Minnesota today, and the result was what it was. An absolute, positive, definite star candidate uh, comment there by Justin Day. Yeah, it's going to be up there. <laughs> Luke Rasmussen saying, and of course Luke Rasmussen also of Maranatha fame, from my brother's class actually, you know, so even slightly uh, older, saying they lost, did you not Did you not watch the game? Not too many thoughts on that one. Yep. <laughs> and Brett McCarthy saying, need a new offensive line. Jeez, they're flat. Yes, they are. And now we'll wrap up the Facebook section here with a single post from Vince Germano. I'd like to get it, though. Sometimes these apps are a little bit weird. Here we go. And it is right in here. I'd like to get it to load. That would be great. He says, what? Teddy over Johnny football? I feel a bet coming on. And yeah, we may be looking at a... uh, I would like to do one. uh, And it would make this show fun. But, uh... Going to have to do a copyright infringement. No, no, it's not going to be copyright infringement if I say it is copyright courtside. See, then see, then it's legal, and then Hank McCoy won't sue me if I say it is a patented courtside uh, slap bet. A slap bet, which is something that they've done on the courtside more than once, Vince Germano and Hank McCoy, where the bet would be something like maybe like the Houston Rockets are going to win more games than the Golden State Warriors. Um, and the loser, ultimately, has to do this to themselves. Ooh, that hurts. Oh my god. So hopefully that's not a harbinger of what's to come. <laughs> and it damn well better not be. But uh, you slap yourself very, very hard on the cheek <laughs> uh, if you lose. And you have to make sure everybody hears it. And in, in their case, they actually videotape it and post it on the Facebook page, which maybe I'd have to do as well just to prove that I did do it. Oh, it sucks when it, it sucks doing it. But I had to demonstrate. So. Plus, that will help me uh, be less likely to be sued because I said copyright courtside. So possibly, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, Vince. Let's talk about the parameters. What we're gonna, how we're gonna set this bet up, and uh, yeah. yeah, shoot though, it may have to be a slap bet that takes like a year or two to complete. But uh, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, yeah, I I think you'll be better than Johnny too. Yep, I do. Even even though he had a tough game today. Like I, yeah, well, you know, you get the idea. I, I don't think the offensive line made him look. Uh, I don't think the offensive line would look good no matter who the quarter or no matter who the quarterback is. It was the offensive line got them all killed. Christopher or Christopher at Vikings Lifer saying I'd agree, but the story is he violated the bond, not that he smoked some tree. So I'll briefly jump into the this topic, even though I don't want to. I'm just going to briefly talk about it. How Adrian Peterson. Um, uh, I just, you know, I do think the media went on a witch hunt with the whole thing. Yeah, I'm kind of more in that side of things, even though I do think Adrian did overdo it a bit. It's like you do have to see both sides to uh, to an extent. 
to an extent, but I'm certainly not on the media side with the way they literally went ape bleep on Adrian with that whole topic. But now this one with the charity and violating the... ah, I mean, you know, and like some, some fraud and all that stuff. You know, like actually using the money to go out and party and all that garbage. One of the reasons, one of the main reasons why I'm very leery to give to organizations because you just don't know. And just like the government taxing the living bleep out of us, you know that they're doing that. They're taking our money and spending it on stuff that is completely not related to anything that they talk about. And and it's it's ridiculous. And it happens all the time. And it does actually happen from both aisles <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, frustration is unbelievable, though, to, to see this type of thing that uh, that may have taken place. It's just like you just roll your eyes and say, whatever, man. That's that's unbelievable. That's lame. Yet, at the same time, it's like it probably happens all the time, yet very few of them get caught. But then he comes up in front of the court, you know, because, you know, when he's about to have the hearing for this whole child abuse situation, child abuse, uh, alleged child abuse, <laughs> you know, pending in the courts type of thing. And yes, most people would say it was, but it, maybe it wasn't. Whatever, maybe they'll decide it wasn't, whatever. That's why we call it a court system. But, uh,. You have to take a drug test. And then he's like, oh, by the way, I might have smoked some, some weed before I took the test. Yeah, that's real smart, Adrian, on both both accounts there. Saying it, first of all, real smart, but doing it, re- real smart, Adrian. Oh, so smart. Real smart guy. You know, just... Uh, <laughs> don't you wish we could do a reverse Herschel Walker? You know, and I probably should talk about that very briefly because today... It's the 25-year anniversary of it. I wish we could do a reverse social walker, but... Yeah, you know that's not going to happen again. There's just no way it would happen again. There's You can't do it. That was a phenomenon that uh, just... It's not going to happen again. I think I'll talk about it very briefly here, and I'll just throw it in right now. Because I was thinking about talking about it here in the Fan Interaction segment... I figure I'll throw it in right here and now. Because it doesn't really fit with the game review and it doesn't fit in with the preview and all that. <sighs> Even though I could have thrown it into the game review, but it would have been distracting. 25 years ago today, uh, the Vikings and Dallas Cowboys completed a trade for Herschel Walker. The Vikings were a running back away from being fantastic because Darren Nelson was not looked on as that great. This was, of course, 1989, October 12th, 13th, 12th, 1989. Um, the Vikings Mike Lynn, general manager, figured that he would outsmart this uh, college coach just getting into the National Football League named Jim Ed Johnson <clears throat> funny how that name's quite familiar to a lot of people because of Super Bowl rings on a certain franchise that we all hate uh, we played a big part in it, obviously <sighs> okay, sorry we figured that um, we would get him to bite on a bunch of mediocre players with the thing of, hey, see if these guys don't play for you because they're so bad or they're injured or whatever, we'll, uh, you know, we'll throw in a draft pick if they're not able to play or whatever. Yeah, if they're not able to play, if they don't play for you, we'll throw in a draft pick. But otherwise, yeah, you know, this guy, see, that'll get him to bite on the trade, you know, because, but, you know, see, this guy, he's, he's desperate for winning at least a couple games, because, you know, the Cowboys, they suck so bad. They, they need some fill-ins, you know, to, 
to help them win some football games. You know, let's you know like the Solomon and all these guys. Um, why even mention the names anyway? You know, but uh, well, Darren Nelson is one of them. Ugh. Mr. Drop the game tying touchdown pass in 1987, by the way, which a lot of you probably remember. Another Vikings uh, awful, uh, another depressing Vikings memory. Um, boy, they would have won the Super Bowl that year too. God, Denver didn't even didn't even put up any resistance against that team. But let's get back where I need to be. Uh, they figured Dallas would desperate was desperate, needed to get the players out there, those players on the field, so they would win a couple games. So at the end of the day, we get what we thought was the best one of the best running backs in football. <laughs> um, one of the best running backs in football for a, a just kind of a, a hall of, of eh, players, just a hall of decent players, like maybe. Jarius Wright would have been the best player out of a group like that, and they would have gotten like Matt Asiata, um, you know, Chris Ford, guys like that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> guys like that. They would have gotten guys like that, um, and we wouldn't have to worry about the draft picks. You know, they're not going to do that. Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson says, <laughs> "You guys think you ripped me off?" And <laughs> the Dallas media. You guys think they ripped me off? Do you, do you realize the other side of this trade, guys? Do you realize what it, what, what it is? Do you realize what they've done? There's no limit of what I could do to these players in terms of, uh, well, if they don't play at all, I get the, this first-round pick and this first-round pick, this second-round pick, this third-round pick. Um, guess what? We're going to cut all of them. <laughs> yeah, we're going to cut all of them, and we're going to get all these draft picks. Yeah. And the rest is history. Emmett Smith was one of them. Um, Woodson was one of them. And a nice, strong defensive lineman was one of them as well. He went to multiple Pro Bowls. Why even get into it anymore, right? But that's what happened for those of you out there that uh, weren't so... Uh, maybe you, you, were, you were too young or you, you weren't watching football back then or whatever. Stuff like that. Or you just don't want to remember it. You know, all that. Sorry to bring it back to you. And, of course, did Herschel Walker take the Vikings to the Super Bowl? No. Was Herschel Walker worthy of any type of trade whatsoever? Nah. Nah. Dallas probably would have cut him and we could have picked him up as a free agent. You know? (laughs) They probably would have saved some cap space. Plus, he was kind of a selfish, weird SOB anyway. Who really wasn't... He was kind of like one of those guys who doesn't really care about the game. He's just making the money, you know what I mean, and living the life type of thing, even though he's more of a work, well, I mean, he was a big time workout guy, but he certainly wasn't a winner, he wasn't a winner, and boy, yeah, within like two years, he was on the Philadelphia Eagles, because we cut Herschel Walker, cut Herschel Walker, cut Herschel Walker, would have been nice if we drafted Emmett Smith, wouldn't have with one of those picks, would have been nice, but God knows we probably would have messed that up and picked like you know, Demetrius Underwood, you know, the Demetrius Underwood of that era and the and the, and the Asher Allen of that era instead of Charles Woodson. Ah, whatever. Yeah. Look at me going over that. Look at me. But I had to because it's 25 years ago and it's much more interesting than ragging on about Adrian Peterson and, 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 and Ray Rice. You know, I think that's more interesting. Plus, it's, you know, it's the Vi- it's just Vikings history. Like it or not, it's Vikings history and it's a it's an interesting part of the time back then, and that was an interesting dynamic, uh, very dynamic team back in those days as well. 
lots of talent, but a lot of a-holes <laughs> and a lot of agendas. And unfortunately, they just brought another a-hole with an agenda in and gave up uh, a lot. Anyhow, uh, Dave Martin and I back and forth. Lots of good conversation on here saying, uh, is that at, at L-E-U-R-B-O-S-T Viking, Lairbost Viking, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, he says, for Teddy to succeed, we need playmakers around him. And if anyone was thinking this was a shoeing win, got to be stupid. Ouch. <laughs> and no, I didn't. I was almost thinking we were we had to win the game. But no, that defensive line was really good. And, you know, Teddy Bridgewater does have playmakers around him. They just didn't catch the ball. Like on numerous occasions, Greg Jennings and Cordell Patterson dropped the ball numerous times today. Let's get moving here. I'm kind of went on and on about that trade that probably nobody wanted to hear about. Adam Carlson of uh, Purple People podcast fame, and yeah, nice enough to mention it. He says you wouldn't have been able to say that on draft day. Oh my God, it's not Johnny. <laughs> when I was saying, how could anybody not like Anthony Barr? I, I didn't think a single Viking fan doesn't like Anthony Barr, and you'll be hearing his name here very shortly. Uh, Dave Martin saying, Bright status, we don't have Frazier. He's doing a hell of a job with the Bucks D. Yeah, that's for damn sure. That's, that might be a star candidate right there. <laughs> Zimmer Lee needs to roast the O-line at halftime, and boy, he needs to roast them forever, too. Oh, boy, what a day. What a day, what a day, what a day, what a day. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Yep, Dave saying, we need more, uh, we need a new O-line and some wide receivers. That's the thing. We have wide receivers. That's what drives me nuts. Why can't they catch the damn ball? It's just, we have good receivers. We have at least three guys that I think are really good. Patterson, Jennings, and Wright. That's three. Oh, isn't that ridiculous? Just catch the damn ball, guys, please. And obviously the old line, yeah, but let's get off that for now. He said, this is the second Vikings game in a row that's been on UK TV. Hope it's the last because they're jinxing us. And well, I was saying to Dave that maybe the ratings will be, well, if a game continues to be like this, like the 17-3 crap, the ratings will be bad too, so they probably won't want the Vikings on there. <laughs> oh, boy. Another thing, he played well. The defense played well, unlike the offense, but we have Tampa to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 that's for sure. What was I talking about? Uh... Yeah, I was saying they lose ratings anyway. Yep, he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, no kidding, not sure how they turn this offense around. Mm-mm-mm. Dave saying one person to blame. Question: Can our GM pick talent beyond round one? Yeah, uh, it's starting to almost look like Doug Reiserow, the Minnesota Wild. All the first round picks did well, or not all, but all of his successful picks were first round picks, and he couldn't seem to get anybody after that. Um, there have been a couple of decent ones, but not too many. Uh, Josh Robinson's finally starting to look like a decent one, and I can't believe I'm actually saying that. But he is a decent third-round cornerback. And that might be most, or that's pretty much all Zimmer, I think, there. Credit Coach Zimmer with the uh, progress of Josh Robinson, in my opinion. Carl O'Neill saying, How thoughts have changed from week one when I simply said, These guys are a bunch of losers. He retweeted it. And added that um, thoughts certainly have changed, but at the same time, I still thought the Vikings were going to be eight and eight anyway. So it's not like uh, I thought they were going to be twelve and four. To be fair, but um, yeah, I mean uh, they played today more like a three and thirteen type team again. 
or or four and twelve or whatever. <sighs> very very frustrating indeed. Thank you all so much for your posts. Obviously, didn't get to every single thing because I can't. I don't want to drag this show out too long. I got to what I believe were the best ones, and I do appreciate everything that was said from Dave and others on here. Let's get to the stars and to the players of the week here. I'll do the players of the week first. The Fran Tarkin Award is going to be Anthony Barr. Uh, he played fantastic today. Jarek McKinnon will be an honorable mention, but the Fran Tarkin Award is going to Anthony Barr. He was outstanding. He's clearly the best linebacker on the Vikings already, and he's just a rookie, and he's really damn good, and he's leading the way out there. Really love Anthony Barr. He was all over the place, and wow. Uh, Tavares Jackson Award goes to the entire offensive line. Without a doubt, they got us killed today, and luckily Teddy Bridgewater didn't get hurt again. Thank God for that. And I say that with full sincerity, not sarcasm. I'm not being sarcastic. Thank God they didn't get him hurt again. So now for the stars, the gold, silver, and bronze. The gold star this week is going to go to Justin Day. That was just awesome, awesome post (laughs) on there earlier. Justin Day, yep, you get the gold star. Silver star, Robin Sullivan. That's right, Robin Sullivan, silver star. Wonderful things she had to say and really, really appreciate all of that and your listenership and the good conversation and great takes as well after that. And week in and week out, it's been great takes. She's, she's deserved some uh, some stars in the past as well. Brent Jacobson, about as strong a bronze star as you're going to see on this one. <laughs> he's got a lot of bronze stars, doesn't he? And he's got a lot of golds too. Uh, Brent Jacobson, bronze star. He was actually going to call. I actually got the post here, but I was almost done recording. So I apologize. I got his text here. I apologize. It's just uh, got to get the show out. And if you're, if probably if you want to call into the show... Try to call in, and I understand people out there might be busy or something, but if you can, I mean, heck, you're watching the game, just uh, call the number right after the game if if you can. Um, You don't have to come in with, like, you don't have to, like, do a ton of studying and stuff before you call in. Just just call in then and uh, and rock and roll, and very likely you'll you'll get on the air here. So uh, I appreciate Brent, though, for asking first. That's very cool, and I, I understand some people might not even get the chance to ask first, but hey. I don't bite. You can add me on Facebook. You, you know, you, you know, Joey Awajan. You know, A W A I J A N E. You can also see how to spell it on the Facebook page or the sportsstuff.com and all that. But also on uh, iTunes, you'll see it. Um, it's also, yeah. I mean, it, it's better to call probably right after that and right right after a game and. That way you're, you're going to get on. But yeah, I mean, like I said, you can always you can always reach me on Facebook. You know, I, I don't bite. So that's one important aspect. I also should mention, I'd like to get it here as quick as possible, that somebody did give me a five-star rating recently, and I really appreciate it. And I always say that they would get a star. So that's why I'm distracted, because I'm like, yeah, I probably better get to that here. <laughs> so I'm trying to get that to load here. If humanly possible, but at the time being, yeah, I mean, please do give Purple Mafia, if you like this show and want to support it, give me a nice rating on iTunes. It would be greatly appreciated, and I will read it on air. I will mention you on air and give you a star. And trying to get that right now, and there it is, HTSX, so 
Yeah, I'm not sure who that is. Maybe you can mention yourself on the Facebook page if you're on there. But HTSX is the uh, is the uh, the the handle on iTunes. They say been listening to Purple Mafia since I can remember. What a fantastic show! So different from the canned up, run of the mill, politically correct media junk. Thank you for that. Joey just does his thing and tells it like it like 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 he sees it. You know, that's a tie for a silver star, because of what they say there. Almost a tie for a gold, but I'll say silver. Um, awesome. Yeah, because, yeah, you're guaranteed a star when when you post on there, and I, I really appreciate that. Almost a tie for gold, basically, on that one. Um, really appreciate what you had to say there, because, you know, I'm not, I'm not run-of-the-mill politically correct. I hate that. I hate political correctness. So just saying that right there, really cool. You know, it's, it's like right up there with the gold star, you know. <laughs> but it'll be like the strongest silver star ever, basically. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, very, very cool. Thank you so much. Introduce yourself to me on the Facebook page. Maybe you, maybe you already have, but I didn't. But I don't know that that's you right there because the handle is kind of, you know, it's, well, it's just a couple letters right there. So, and I do, I do apologize if, uh, if I should know who it is. Thank you so very much. So here it is, Justin Day. This is your time, Gold Star. Thank you again very much, Justin, for your great comments. And, um, you know, never stop, never stop. I <laughs> really appreciate you. Hope to hear from you always in the future on here. Want to thank all of you for listening. Gosh, this show is actually a little longer than I expected. Hmm. <laughs> But I had so much to say about this one, apparently, today. And listeners did as well. Even though there weren't that many posts, there was still a decent number. Lots of frustration. Hopefully we'll have some more positive things to talk about next week. But as of right now, got a 17-10 to 10 victory for the Buffalo Bills. Prove it to me, offense. Prove it to me. You guys haven't been scoring crap. The, the Atlanta game, I mean, what a tease. They scored 41 points against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, 31 against the St. Louis Rams. Then, then, like, almost nothing other than that. I mean, really? Seven points against the Patriots? No touchdown passes? Not a single touchdown pass in the 41-point game against the Atlanta Falcons. What the hell? Like, that? that's just flat weird, isn't it? So, at the end, let's, let's, let's just throw a touchdown pass and get rid of that little jinx or whatever you want to call it. Let's just put an end to that, huh? That would be really appreciated, Teddy. And let's get your first touchdown pass out of the way. So with that, I will mercifully give you guys a rest from my loud, obnoxious voice, <laughs> regardless if you like it or not. <laughs> uh, thank you all so very much for listening. I, I appreciate every second of it. I, I really do. I appreciate every single one of you for clicking that download button and giving me the time, giving me the time to listen to my non-politically correct show. Yeah, to my... Tell it like it is show. That's what Pro Mafia is all about. And with that, I will bid you adieu. Wish you a nice week. And hopefully a victory for the Vikings. And hopefully no arrests. <laughs> and uh, Adrian just... Uh, uh, well, good luck in Dallas or wherever you play. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. 